Well, hey everyone, it is Katie and Melanie of the Direct Sales Done Right Podcast. And this week we are talking about something that really hits home for most of our listeners. And it especially is something that's very close to our hearts. It is about being a healthy CEO. So in years past, Melanie and I have done this incredible series with our community. We've actually done it live before. Yeah, yes, I do. The series is all about how to really prioritize your joy, make sure that you're prioritizing the things that matter most over the things that matter for only a moment. I know I talk about that in the Direct Sales Done Right book. But today we wanted to take a couple of our favorite segments of the Healthy Mm -hmm. CEO series and sprinkle them in for you and to share them with you. And so we're going to actually dive into that today. We are. And I really feel like just before we dive into our segments today, the first one is about self-care. And as I think about my first 10 years, my first decade in direct sales. I think about, you know, all of the Sundays that I would say that self-care was like a bubble bath, you know, it was lighting a candle. It was, you know, like the fluffy stuff. And the longer that you're in business, the more that you realize that self-care is actually how you are able to, as a CEO, just really run at at a higher rate. There's a lot of demands that are being placed on you as a business owner from you know your customers to social media and your content creation to you know actually making sure that your customers are getting results to managing your team to showing up as a mom and a wife. And I find that it's easy to manage when your business is small, but as your business grows, your strategies for just being organized and also for giving yourself space to unplug are essential. So self-care isn't what you would think of in terms of self-care, like going to a day spa or taking a bubble bath. It is actually thinking through what's going to allow me to show up as my best self as I serve other people. And we can find that this becomes very, very depleted, especially as you're finishing out, you're in that last month of the year. A lot of business owners are kind of sliding into December 31st, and they're just kind of hanging on by by a thread. And we hope that this first section on self-care just gives you some practical strategies so that we're not just sliding in, hanging on by a thread, but we're really thriving instead, right? Yeah. So yeah, let's- well, with that being said, I feel like this was such a great, this was such a great series. Let's go ahead and listen to part one, which is all about self-care. <laughs> so self-care, and I hope I don't offend anyone when I say this, I don't think it's about just bubble baths and glasses of wine and and just relaxing and watching Netflix and calling it Netflix and calling it self-care. I really think self-care is making sure that your mindset spiritually, physically, all of those things are taken care of as you grind towards the goals. And I think it's time to have a really candid conversation about what a healthy CEO looks like and how they take care of themselves. And the only way I feel like both of us can do it is to talk about how horrible we were (laughs) at it. Yeah? Oh gosh. And and honestly, I didn't even know I was bad at self-care. Until like hindsight, right? Looking back and Mm -hmm. until I began to recognize the trends, you guys, like I'm a hustler. Like, I mean, when you think about somebody that is going to grind and work and show up, like 
I, Katie calls me the slave driver sometimes. Sometimes. Right? Yeah. Still to this day. I mean, but I've gotten a thousand times better. But no, in all honesty, um, I was horrible at self-care. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even recognize that I was headed down a really unhealthy yeah. path until I was a few years into this routine of every year. I would run towards my goals. I would mm. bulldoze them over. It was whatever it took. It didn't matter. I was going to make it happen. And about Christmas time, uh, my body would say, and that's enough. And I would get sick. So physically sick. I would get a sinus infection. I would have the worst head cold, a cough that would keep me up at night. And I had absolutely zero energy. It's like somebody took a syringe and just sucked all of the energy out of my body and my eye would twitch. And I will say I had absolutely no creativity and I couldn't understand why between Christmas and new year's every year, this would happen to me. I thought for sure my kids were bringing something home from school and the holiday break was, we were just around lots of family. But what happened is I began to sort of connect the dots. Yeah. And I began to just do some digging about burnout. And it probably was a conversation that I had with somebody, but I realized that, oh my gosh, this yes. was self-inflicted pain mm -hmm. that I was putting on myself because I wasn't allowing myself to actually hit pause yeah throughout the year and and rest. Yeah. And my body was actually paying for that. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe if, you know, I wouldn't have kind of become aware of that, there could have been more serious side effects. And I do think that happens to people. And I think we sometimes talk about burnout and yeah. use it as a badge of honor. Oh, yeah. I'm so tired. And but right. it's more of a we, if we're not careful with it, we it can become a way of saying like patting ourselves on the back, like I'm hustling hard, I'm working so hard, I burned out. And then we wanna glorify that. Yeah. And we have to end that conversation because burnout is real. Yep. We can physically burn out and we can ha it can have a toll on our body. Yep. I know I have experienced it um, yep. just, and the lack of creativity, the yes. lack of sleep, the very, it's very much linked to even weight gain and, and just honestly just not being in a good frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And so, we think it's a really good idea to actually evaluate and say, you know, what is your level of burnout? Yeah. Especially as you work towards goals. If you've been in your business for a while, what's your trend? Yep. Do you notice the end of year you kind of burn out? Do you notice some of the signs that mm -hmm. Melanie discussed? Do you notice them as well? Yeah. And let's talk about some ways that we have come to cope with burnout without sacrificing working hard. Because I love that. we yeah. both work incredibly hard. We, we have big goals, but we also have big boundaries. We do. Really we big do. boundaries. So let's and, talk about that. And you know, last year, we we started doing this intentional holiday hustle series, yes. right? Oh, and yeah. it's something we've been teaching our community and people that follow us and you know people we mentor. And it has been really neat for us to actually crush big business goals, yeah. but be able to have the holiday season and say, we didn't get sick. Yeah. Hey, your eyes not twitching yeah. this year, you know? <laughs> so like we want you to know, you can be super productive, but you just don't need to do it all. Yeah. All right. So what kind of And I do? didn't even put this on our list. Yeah. But the first thing that I think is really important is somebody who's going to call you out. Yeah. And both Melanie and I have great <laughs> husbands who are very good about calling us out of uh, whenever we're off boundaries, yeah. but or not respecting our boundaries. Right. But 
we're also very good at seeing the signs in one another too. So mm -hmm. it, the first thing is just identifying what burnout looks like to you and asking someone to help you stay accountable. That doesn't mean you're not working hard. It's not an excuse to not work hard, but it is going to be an opportunity for you to say, I want to achieve my goals, but I also want to do it in a healthy way. Right. So one thing that I do is mm -hmm. I am very unplugged. I set intentional unplugged hours yeah. from the hours of 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. My phone is not in my hand. Anything that I wanted to necessarily might want to share on social media, I record it and I come back to it later. It allows me space to be creative without filling my mind with other things that are happening in society or socially that make me feel like it's pressure. So boundaries first for you might mean what are the hours of business and when is it shut down? I love that. I love that. And that's a form self-care. It is. Right? Yeah. Another thing that is incredibly helpful um, and can be a form of self-care is taking a midday walk. So even just like fresh air, mm -hmm. right? So, so often we're, we're stuck in an office or we're behind a computer screen or we're, we're on the go 24 seven and just something that can be within each day can be, you know what, I'm going to take a walk, whether it's with the kids or I'm going to take the dog or I'm just going to put in my, my, you know, my headphones and I'm just going to go Yeah. and I'm not going to work. I'm not going to answer any messages. I'm not going to respond to texts. I'm not going to open my email, but on this walk, I am going to take deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I'm going to notice what's going on around me. I'm going to pay attention to the trees and the road and feel my feet on the ground. I'm just going to ground myself. And even something mm -hmm. as simple as like a 20 minute walk is just an instant reset right. in a crazy chaotic day. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then even finding something to do outside of work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when we were really in the trenches of just that burnout season, yeah. we were terrible about having a life outside of work. Mm -hmm. And it drove our spouses crazy. We, we didn't really do anything else. And so finding something to do outside of your work or that allows you space and time to not really think about those things. And here's what happens. Mm -hmm. You actually become more creative because you get out of that space, that element of just work yeah. load. So what did you used to do? So I, I say used to yeah, because you can't do it right now. So I found rowing. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved going into the, the, the row, I haven't, the three rivers rowing association and we would get into the big pools and we would actually like practice mm -hmm. it. And it was just very therapeutic. It was a great way of moving my body, but it was also something that was in no way connected to goals, to business, to work. It just allowed me that space. And, mm -hmm. and even now, a big part of my life right now is, is hockey. My kids are both really involved with the, the hockey world, but I genuinely love connecting and, and just sharing with the other adults there and not talking about business. It's I just been that. a fun way to disconnect. And even just when you are at your kids' sporting events, I mean, this is a form of self-care, is actually disconnecting yes. from your, your yeah. social. You know, a lot of times I'll click on the do not disturb when I'm with my yeah. family, and that's just an easy way to disconnect from it. I wanna be fully present and it spending an hour being with your kids and your family is better than saying I'm hanging out with my family for eight mm -hmm. hours but I'm really with my head in my phone checking my messages posting on stories right so it's actually saying when I'm in the moment yeah. I'm gonna be in the moment yeah right 
And so our call to act okay. for you for, mm -hmm. for this is really identifying any burnout trends that you start to notice because trends really do reveal a truth. And there's probably something rooted in the way that you're working that's telling you, is this healthy? Is this not healthy? Yeah. The second thing that I didn't mention, but this really helped me is a book called Present Over Perfect. Yes. Uh, and I went one. to say the name too fast. Lisa. No, it's Shauna. It's Shauna Nequist. Yep. Yes. Okay. So that book really helped me sort of identify some of these burnout trends that she had experienced that I too was experiencing as well. And it just allowed this sort of piece to kind of go over those goals that I was setting for myself. But establish something. We really want you to find something yeah. to do outside of work mm -hmm. that really helps you get that creative flow or that, that allows you to sort of just disconnect and set those boundaries. I love it. Okay. All right. I hope that you love that section about self-care and it had you thinking about self-care a little bit differently than just bubble baths and day spas. Let's talk next about something that Melanie and I, over 11 years in the direct sales industry, as we've been building, we have seen our relationships just change over time. And it's really important to know that there's this saying, I'm sure you're all familiar with it, that you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Now, I am a huge believer that we can serve people for a season, for a reason, and for a lifetime. And being able to look at the people in your relationships and say, am I doing my part? Am I showing up for them? Am I serving them well? And allowing yourself the grace and space to release the things that just are no longer are no longer things that you're able to serve. I think there's some empowerment to that in your life. So I'd love for you to share, Melanie, any insight too. Do you have any anecdotes or stories about relationships that have just changed over time or lessons that you've learned before we dive in? You know, honestly, a recent story is, you know, I find myself so often we're working in our homes, we're working sort of behind the computer screen, we're working by ourselves. And when I went to a live event, not too long ago, about a month ago, I, I went to an event and it was really the first conference that I had gone to in, in quite some time. And the one thing about that conference that really struck me is is the energy. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, we can find ourselves in the day-to-day -day by ourselves alone. And we can find ourselves like not being surrounded by energy that is moving us forward, that's getting us excited. And so when we are in community and surrounded by people who are challenging our thinking, are getting us excited about our vision and our goals, are even sharing new ideas or new ways of doing things. And honestly, listening to people talk about their struggles and how they've overcame them lights me up inside. And I came home from that conference thinking, this is what I need. I need to be surrounded by people all the time or often where the energy is just at a higher level. Yeah. And so when we think about relationships and as you listen to this part, that's just something I want you to be asking yourself is, Sure. Are the people that I'm in chat threads or text messages with, or that I spend my evenings and weekends with, you know, are those people supporting and elevating my vision and my goals and challenging me to go to the next level? Or are they downplaying or, you know, sort of taking the wind out of my sails and not supporting me or complaining and whining about everything that's going wrong? 
that's a gut check. That energy will wear on you over time. And eventually, you know, you'll give up. And so for us, you and I, we are so aware. And one of the things that I actually keep on my desk is this little sticky note that says, please be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. And it's a reminder to me that in my day-to-day conversations and interactions with people, what's the energy I want to bring in? How do I want to elevate the conversation and people around me? I want to be that like energy giver versus that like energy drainer. So that's a little little story of something that's really impacted me. And I think it's the perfect segue to kind of dive into relationships. All right, let's do it. Take a listen. (laughs) So we are back with the Healthy CEO series. And it's funny, we were just actually having a conversation about Mm -hmm. the topic that we're going to discuss here. And that is surrounding yourself with the right people and really being clear about what the right people means to you. Mm -hmm. And even as we were talking, we were just asked, so what does that actually mean? What does that look like? And for me, when I think of the people that I surround myself and when I feel really aligned to those people, uh, it's, it's people who I leave a conversation with and I feel like I have more energy because of that conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel as though they didn't deplete me of energy. And I think that for me, that's always been a good indicator that I am surrounding myself with the right people. Do you have something that you know, like as a cue, like this is a good, healthy relationship or... And it's kind of, it's very much the same. If I go into a conversation um, with anybody, so say I'm looking for a success partner or I'm looking for a group of people to network with, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll go into a conversation and I always try to go in with with questions and things I want to know about the other person, how they do business or, you know, how they kind of manage, you know, personal life and priorities and goals and structure, whatever it may be. And if I go in and the person will answer my questions candidly, will give me business advice. And there is that reciprocal, like they give me ideas, I give them ideas and we both walk away Mm -hmm. and we're like, wow, I just got so much from that other person. I could tell they weren't withholding. I could tell they genuinely cared. They didn't want to just talk about them. They weren't like, woe is me, dragging me Mm. down. You know, Mm. like their energy, again, goes back to that energy. So it really is, like, I feel like we each bring something to the table that might be slightly different and it, like, elevates. So I get excited, you know, about that. And I think about an individual that, you know, the two of us have kind of been meeting together over the past couple of months and that kind of energy Mm -hmm. where you walk away and you go, I can implement X, Y, and Z. And the other person goes, I can implement X, Y, you know, you're in the right space. Yeah. You know, and it's healthy collaboration, but if you feel like you're competing, it's probably not the right relationship. Yeah. And then the other thing that I always go back to is the book Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. So good. And she, of course, quotes Teddy Roosevelt but she talks about the man in the arena and just this idea that when you have people in your circle they are not just sitting in the peanut gallery just kind of like cheering you on saying you've got this it's a we've got this and they are in the arena getting their butt kicked right alongside of you and so when I think of people in my life I think of the people who pull me up by my bootstraps whenever things get really hard and remind me that my goals and the things that I am working towards and my mission in life is worth fighting for even when I feel completely defeated. And they are people who see my gifts and they are able to 
point those out and tell me how I can maybe elevate that gift without being threatened by it. Yeah. It's the people who are cheering you on when really great things are happening and they're also the people who are pulling you up when you're really struggling. Yeah. And paying attention to who those people are um, I think is incredibly important but I think it's worth noting too you need to be that person to other people. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I've heard so many times, especially over the co past couple of years, as, as we've been doing Chic Man, you and you and Mel are just so lucky you have each other and you found someone that you right. can connect with and that you can collaborate work with and work with. But we both had to kind of be that person and we both had to let a lot of our ego mm -hmm. go away. Yeah. You know, to be best friends with somebody who is top in industry. Mm -hmm. That wasn't always easy, but I had to be confident enough to believe that I had skills that I could bring to the table that mm -hmm. elevated her. Right. And likewise, absolutely. I would say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a phenomenal writer. I'm absolutely intimidated by that at certain times where I just feel like my words aren't good enough. But I look at that and I say, hold up. I have learned so much about mm -hmm. communication through working with Katie. She has taught me so much. I lean into her gifts and it elevates me. Likewise, she leans into my gifts yes. and it elevates us together. And that is something that you really have to work at yeah. as, as business partners. Yeah. And I will also say, not to like completely change the subject, but I do think that you do reach a point as you grow that you also outgrow people that are in mm. your circle. And so if you're sitting here right now saying, I don't have anybody like Melanie, I don't have anybody like Katie that yeah. elevates or challenges me or calls me out on my BS. Like if you don't have a circle, if you have a circle that is whining and complaining and every time you go in there, you don't feel like there's any value, it is okay for you to start putting distance between that circle and to really start to say, okay, I'm not gonna be the girl at the middle school dance that's standing in the corner waiting for somebody to come over and ask me to dance. I am gonna go put myself out there on the dance floor and I'm gonna make some connections with people that are intimidating, <laughs> that maybe do things a little bit better than I am yeah. because I. this is how you start connecting yourself with the next level how you really do start to grow as a healthy CEO. And that is incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. As an introvert, that is hard for me personally to do. That is how some of our best relationships and business partnerships have been formed because we were willing to get out of our comfort zone. That's very true. So what we want you to do is really just evaluate. When you have a conversation, you might even think about the circle that you currently have. And you just have to take a note of who are the people when I am with them I actually feel like I am better because of that. Mm -hmm. And then likewise, who are the people you're surrounding you, yourself with? And, and sometimes it's unavoidable, yeah. right? Especially in situations where it might be family. But when you are around those people, you have to guard your energy and your heart. And so with those people, you kind of have to go into those conversations very aware of how it's going to feel and then find yeah. a way to rejuvenate that energy level when you leave that discussion. And so do an evaluation and kind of make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who elevate. Yeah. The second thing that you wanna take into consideration is just like Melanie talked about, like are you willing to actually start dancing? Will you cut a rug, so to speak? <laughs> and will you be willing to have some uncomfortable conversations where you feel maybe a little bit out of place 
But every time you start to do, you kind of make this deposit into your confidence bank. Yeah. Every time you start to go up and to converse with people and to network with people that you feel might be out of your league and you believe you have something to bring to the table, you'll start to feel as though you're changing, you're elevating, you're growing, and that's going to redirect the path that you're on. I love it. All right, time to surround ourselves with some amazing people. Yeah. All right, friends, we're interrupting today's podcast episode to chat a little bit about creating a vision board. Well, right behind me on my wall is my vision board. Every single year, I sit down and reflect on my goals, my happiness, my joy meter, really where I feel like, you know, I have made progress throughout the year. And I ask myself, how do I want things to change as I go into a new year? What are the things that matter to me? What are the things I realized do not matter to me that I want to actually take off my vision board? And I give myself time to really sit with the success or the challenges that this year has brought me. And vision boarding has been something I look forward to. It's actually something I've taught my kids to do and a lot of my organization as well. And maybe you're listening to this thinking, I have no idea how to create a vision board, or I've done that thing in the past and it doesn't actually work. It Maybe it's been tucked underneath of a drawer in the back of a closet or heck, found its way into the trash can. Well, Katie and I put together a very simple checklist. It's the ultimate direct sales vision board checklist. And it really walks you through a few questions that you can ask yourself to get some clarity around your vision, your your goals, what brings you fulfillment and joy, and can actually guide you in the path of creating a vision board that actually works for you. It's super simple. All you do is click the link in the show notes. You enter your name and email. We'll deliver it right to your inbox, and you can get started with creating your ultimate vision board now. Okay. Welcome back, guys. So love chatting with you about relationships and letting you listen to that segment. I just feel like Katie and I have this way of supporting each other through through our business, through our journey. We've grown a lot as business partners and as friends over the years. And it's been really cool to watch. We hope you got some, some great tips out of that too. All right. So to wrap it up, the last segment we want to share with you is really about measuring success. And we want to challenge you to journal. This is a great thing to journal in your morning or evening routine is, you know, what is your personal definition of success? And one of the things that is inside of and I am holding this up like you guys can see it and you can't because you're listening to it, but I'm actually holding up the direct sales done right planner. And in here on the front of the, on the backside of the front cover is actually a page that talks about your personal definition of success. And it's really a space for you to kind of go through and think about, okay, what does it mean to me to be successful in my personal life? You know, we really want you to look at, your success in terms of your relationships, your your business, your career that you have, you know, what are the things that you do for fun, you know, spiritually, what is filling your cup in that area, you know, your health overall. And, you know, success isn't always about 
getting that next accolade or achieving that next award, even though those things are great and it's okay to strive for those things, you never want to do it at the expense of just that balance that overall, this is what brings me fulfillment and brings me joy and success. So Katie, as you have gone through your direct sales career, how has your definition of success changed? Well, I think one of the things that I never really thought about before direct sales was what success was. It just actually wasn't a thought that really ever occurred to me. I thought success was working a nine to five job for 30 years and then retiring. Uh-huh. Never really thought of success as something really other than that. And so when I started in direct sales, success to me was walking across the stage. And I actually think when you do start in direct sales, those accolades, the, that beginning point, it, it is fun to actually feel like that sense of like, wow, I did this and I'm so excited and what an honor. And oh my gosh, like this is such a cool thing to experience. But as I got further into my direct sales business, I started to really say, what what is success? Like if I really look at the end of my life, like when I end, when my life is coming to a close and I want to get the well done, my good and faithful servant, what does that look like? What will I have done on this earth that made an impact? And in the direct sales done right book that was released earlier this summer, there is an entire section and Melanie, I'm doing what you did and holding it up like everybody can see it. <laughs> and the, the section is called break glass in case of emergency. Don't turn the page until you know you need to. You'll know when you need to. There's a lot in that part of the book that talks about really defining success and being clear about what it means to you. And if you have the book, I encourage you, if you're in a season where you're really wrestling with that definition, go ahead and open it up. If you don't have the book, it's okay. We're actually going to give you this segment of the podcast that I think is really going to hit home. So let's go ahead and take a listen. So if it's okay with you, I think I actually want to start this specific training today on the healthy CEO with that story about, do you remember the end of month story? (laughs) So a while back, Mm -hmm. and this is when I was really in the trenches of building Mm -hmm. my direct sales business. I was scaling the industry. I was really growing through the ranks and, and I, by all means from the outside, looked pretty successful yeah. and I will never no, forget were this. very yes, successful yes. <laughs> and I was by definition right, right. um but I was tired mm-hmm. I was really really tired and I was starting to I was just starting to wonder if maybe my goals were a little bit out of alignment with the yeah. things that mattered most to me I'll never forget this it was the last day of the month and my a, a corporate mentor called me mm-hmm. and when they call you you usually jump to answer because you think that they're gonna say hey i'm just so proud of you like you're doing yeah. great and he called and he said hey um i don't know if you're aware of this but you know it's the last day of the month and i was looking at your numbers and i i noticed that you're a couple points shy of being able to basically get to the next level of something that i was working towards and i i just distinctly remember this pause that came over me as I looked out and my my husband was at the stove and my son was like doing some spin moves or ninja moves or something <laughs> and my other son was like throwing his sippy cup or something down and I stopped and I said to him thank you so much um, for your phone call but right now I am doing the thing that matters most to me and I just I cannot push right now. 
And I want to pause there because what I saw in that moment was what I had been working so hard towards that I was overlooking for a long time. I saw a husband who was cooking dinner with me and we were laughing together and enjoying just our marriage. Mm -hmm. And I saw my son doing ninja moves and my kids are growing up so fast and I was very close to walking away from that moment because of a push for more and a sippy cup that was spilling all over the mm -hmm. floor. And I think sometimes it's really easy for us as CEOs to overlook the things that we have already achieved and what we already have because we have this more mentality. And it's never a bad thing to work towards more and to believe that you're capable of doing um, great things. But it's always important to pause and say, what is my definition of mm -hmm. success? Yeah, and that's that story still gives me gives me chills mm -hmm. thinking about it because I know so many of you struggle with that same thing. And, and today we're talking about how am I measuring success and what is important to me and what are the goals that I'm working towards? Like, why do they matter? And a healthy CEO knows what their goals are and what they're willing to sacrifice, mm -hmm. what that sacrifice means in terms of, you know, their time and their family and their priorities. And so today we just want to get a little bit of clarity about, okay, what are the goals right in front of you that you're working towards? Asking yourself, why do those goals matter to me? Am I working towards this mm -hmm. goal because it's going to create future freedom for my family? Mm -hmm. It is going to allow me to, maybe your dream is to travel and work from anywhere in the world that you can hook up to Wi-Fi. And so you know that by accomplishing these financial benchmarks, it's going to allow you the freedom to make that future decision, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's putting your kids through college and not having them have any debt, right? So you have to be able to say the current goals I'm working towards are, this is why they matter to me. Then saying to yourself, the goals that I'm working towards, what is the sacrifice that is required for me to get there? So a healthy CEO doesn't just pick a goal out of the sky and say, that looks like a great goal, or this is what everybody else in the company is doing. So I think I'll just follow that goal, but they're yeah. really rooted in why it matters to them. Yeah. All right. But then also they take it one step further. What's it going to look like to get there? So listing out the activities, I am going to need to invest extra time yeah. in inviting extra time in networking. Yeah. And when I say yes to those extra responsibilities, I'm also very aware of what I'm also saying no mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Right. So if I'm going to put more on my plate, I have to be very black and white that I can't add a 25th hour in my day. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's going to come, you know, it's going to come off something else. Is that going to be, you know, date night? Is that going to be movie time with your kids? And not that, you know, making sacrifices is a bad thing, right. but I just think so often people want this perfectly balanced life and mm -hmm. I can reach all of my goals and have the best marriage and spend all this quality yes. time and that just isn't realistic yeah so it's about saying I understand the short-term sacrifice yeah for the long-term goal and it's aligned with where I want to go yeah. right because you can do mm -hmm. many things but you can't do all of the things and you certainly can't do them all at the same time yeah 
And so today we really want to walk you through a couple of guiding questions to reflect on, to journal out and to really ask yourself, are the goals that I am setting for myself in line with what I am defining as success? So first question is, is the goal that I am setting for myself in line with the priorities that I have? The second question we want to ask you is when you're working towards a goal, do you like the way it feels? We are firm believers yeah. that you really have to fall in love with the process, <laughs> not just I be obsessed that. with the final product. The third is, do you know how to discern temporary discomfort from disconnected priorities? There were so many seasons we re and you call yourself this yeah. uh, self-proclaimed wrecking ball <laughs> where it was just yeah. more and go and run and faster and bigger and prettier. Mm -hmm. But when those things, those, those temper temporary sacrifices that we're making no longer are connected to our priorities in life, it's a problem. And yeah. so give yourself this gut check and, and ask yourself that question. You know, are my priorities, um, still in line with those temporary discomforts. Mm -hmm. The other question, what does done look like? Once you've achieved the goal, are you happy? Are you content? Or is it immediately not even seeing the achievement and moving forward into the next goal? And the last question that we have for you is, are you enjoying it? Mm -hmm. You know, does this feel right? It's not even just that you're enjoying the process of it, but do you like who you are becoming through it? And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. There, there are days that Katie and I will look at each other and we're like, wow, doing the dang thing yeah. is hard. But we love it. We mm -hmm. love the work that we're doing. We love the impact that we're making. And we know that the current challenges, they're, they're for us. Yes. Right? They're not against us. I think it's just remembering that in the process of, you know, I, I'm, I'm good with the challenge. I'm good with the challenges I'm facing because I know that the goal is going to be worth it. Well, we hope that you love these tips and strategies from one of our favorite series about being a healthy CEO. It's always such an honor to be serving you here on the podcast, but we love reaching out to you guys on Instagram too. So if you loved this week's episode of the Direct Sales Done Right podcast, why don't you give us a tag? Let at Katie Writes Content or at Melanie Mitchell or at Chic Influencer know that you were listening to this episode and what you thought. And also too, if you have episodes that you want us to film that you want us to talk about, shoot us a message. We love chatting with you and helping you do direct sales done right. We'll see you next time.